Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready? Let's jump in. In this episode, we'll talk about why creating a cozy home environment is trendier than ever, and that's a good thing. Share some favorite winter sights and smells, and find out why you need a faux fur blanket in your life. Are you ready? Let's jump in. This is episode five. So today I'm joined by my friend Christina. She will be joining me a few times a month on Sunday Afternoon Mama, and I'm super excited that she is willing to hang out with us and share her perspective because she's amazing. When Christina is not with us, we will have a variety of different but still amazing guests. All right, well, we're going to jump right into this week's topic because there is so much to talk about. It's all about huga, cozy and warm. So type in the word huga, pronounced huga, like I've been saying, um, hopefully, that's the, that's, that's the general <laughs> consensus. And up comes over 22 million options to look into. What in the world? I'm sure a few years ago, none of us would have even known what this term was or what it meant, but now it's everywhere. It's it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. Yes. That's why we're having so much trouble pronouncing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I bought this little ebook when um, when this... Uh, came out, my friend, my good friend introduced me to this concept and dare I say revolution. So you know what I love about it though? The emphasis on cozy, warm, and inviting environments in our homes and the connectivity with people, whether it's friends or family. So the term basically is from the Danish culture and it means a quality of coziness and comfortable conviviality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. Naturally, this concept really resonates with my vision for Sunday Afternoon Mama, the idea of creating a calm and joyful atmosphere in our home goes hand in hand with the idea of Huga. So I saw a quote on the Huga House blog. I'm going to say it really fast because I'm still not very confident in my pronunciation. (laughs) Anyways, I saw a quote um, that I think beautifully describes this concept that um, Huga is, there I go again, I'm going to laugh every time I say it, I'm sorry, is um, it's a certain slowness, the ability not to just be present, but to recognize and enjoy the present so that it should be a feeling. It's that moment when you step back and you let the laughter soak in, when your heart is full, when you feel the warmth of the fireplace on your cheeks and you snuggle down into the cushion. It, I feel like it's a sigh of contentment. Yeah. Practically speaking, there are some changes you and I can make right now, even today in our homes, to create more of a cozy atmosphere. When I think of what inspires me to stay a while and visit with people in their homes, what relaxes me, what brings a warmth to my heart, it involves fireplaces and blankets, maybe slippers and socks, cradling a hot cup of tea in my hands, and then rich, deep conversation with a friend, relaxing music. In my perfect world, it's probably old jazz, something like Chet Baker, Glenn Miller, or Billie Holiday, to name a few. Candles, for sure, lots of yummy-smelling, flickering candles, and putting the phone aside and all the to-dos of the day, whether I finished it all or not, (laughs) and just relaxing and recharging through meaningful presence with friends and family. Just being with one another, slowing down, not fretting or obsessing about the latest piece of bad news in the world, counting my blessings, and just being thankful. Having grown up for the first 10 years of my life in Canada, I completely love this idea of not just surviving during the colder months of the year, but thriving, enjoying and savoring the sights and smells and mood of the winter season. 
So I was born in a very cold part of Canada. <laughs> I still talk with family and friends who live in that province and they're like, oh, winter's coming. You know, I'm going to hunker down and just get cozy. I'm not going to go anywhere and just kind of stay home because you can still get fresh air and go for walks. Although I will say ice sometimes is slightly prohibitive. <laughs> but if you enjoy winter sports, you could go skiing or snowshoeing, snowboarding, etc. But primarily it's just time to tuck in and stay warm. Now, I was younger when I lived there and I can remember the favorite after school activity of choice was always ice skating. When we first moved to the U.S., my mom was like, oh, so where's the local ice rink? And people looked at her like she was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I totally remember that. And we were bummed to learn that the nearest ice rink was at least 30 minutes away you know? And while I didn't play hockey, although I love it, all that crazy roughness and aggression in the sport just cracks me up. I did learn how to skate at a young age, which was so fun. The best part is afterwards cozying up with some hot chocolate and a fire at home. This, my friends, is the spirit of Hugo. The New Yorker had a great piece about this. They said, quote, Winter is the most Hugo time of year. It is candles, nubby woolens, shearling slippers, woven textiles, pastries, blonde wood, sheepskin rugs, lattes with milk foam hearts, and a warm fireplace. Hugo can be used as a noun, adjective, verb, or compound noun, like Hugo Bookser, and I hope I said that correctly, <laughs> otherwise known as that schlubby pair of pants you would never wear in public, but secretly treasure. We've all got yes. one of those, I'm sure. The Thanksgiving pants of yeah. the world. <laughs> yep. Elastic waist. <laughs> it's wholesome and nourishing like porridge. Danish doctors recommend, quote, tea and hygge as a cure for the common cold. The true expression of hygge is joining with loved ones in a relaxed and intimate atmosphere. And then that ends the quote. What do you think, Christina? I feel like your home is very cozy and inviting. Like, how do you create a cozy home? Well, to start with, I feel the most peace when I have a tidy house. When toys are everywhere or I see dog hair dust bunnies rolling down the hall after me when I walk. <laughs> you laugh, but it happens. I know, I know. <laughs> We're all human after all. I, I kind of start to get an eye twitch when that happens. Yeah. Um, and there's a fine balance, I think, between having a house that's clean enough so that people don't notice the mess and so clean that people don't feel they they can relax. Yeah. Um, And I I want to aim for clean enough so that people can relax and enjoy that. Um, So when the countertops are clean and wiped down in the kitchen, that allows for impromptu Play-Doh or drawing parties with the kids. And then the laughter that ensues gives me that heart-brimming feeling of contentment. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if I have to like push all the breakfast and lunch dishes from yesterday over. I mean, I'm, I'm just not in the frame of mind to let the kids make more mess. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, I think the lighting in your house can play a huge role. I'm not a big fan of overhead light, and sometimes you can't avoid it, but I love the glow of a table lamp in the evening as it creates soft pools of light on the furniture around it. You don't have to break the bank to get a lamp either. I have two in the living room. One was from Goodwill, and it was super ugly. It was like costed about a dollar and a half. And so I spray painted it and the other one was on the clearance rack. I did buy new lampshades, but if you don't have the cash for a shade, just stick an Edison bulb in and call it a day. Let's talk scents for a minute, like sights and smells of the season. For me, I love the Christmas candles, not so much the piney woodsy ones, although some of them are quite enchanting and quite lovely. But I love the kind of tis the season ones from Bath and Body Works, among many others. And I also really enjoy the apple cinnamon ones, and maybe pear, vanilla, and cranberry. Not to kind of rain on your parade, I hardly ever burn candles. <laughs> I like the smell oh, that they give off. Um, yeah. It probably has something to do with being married to a firefighter, but... Um. <laughs> I think it probably does. 
But I am always afraid that when people come over to our house, they'll just smell the dog or old food. You know how you get adjusted to the smell of a familiar place? Yes, totally. (laughs) Yeah. So please tell me if you come over and all you smell is the dog. (laughs) But when I do remember to turn it on, I use, um, I'll use Scentsy or diffuse essential oils. And my favorites are eucalyptus and lavender. Yeah, I so. love that. That's perfect. I do like how your house always smells nice when I come over, though. So, oh, good. Um. <laughs> okay, good. That's what I. Uh, that's what I want. I want that. Yeah. So let's move into tips and a takeaway in this whole subject of cozy and warm. So I was reading some very cool practical strategies for making our living rooms more cozy. So we'll just kind of focus on that kind of center of the home. I'll link these articles in the show notes as well from all of the ideas and things we we talk about today. Basically, I would encourage you to try these four things. Number one, not make the TV the focal point of your living room. Number two, comfortable textures and rounded edges. Number three, consider lighting and windows. And number four, buy furniture for comfort rather than only aesthetics. Let's dive in a bit deeper. So number one was not make the TV the focal point of your living room. A fun article on house.com, that's with the Z, house, <laughs> said... Televisions like smartphones can deter a conversation. Don't let your TV take away your valuable social connections. If you have the space in your home, move your TV to another room, such as a den. This way you can actually live in your living room, whether that's talking to your significant other, kids, or friends that you're entertaining. If your TV must go in the living room, consider concealing it behind cabinetry, and you can also partially or fully insert it into a wall or kind of a built-in. So, That's what they had to say. But depending on your home, this may or may not be an option for you. Either just the layout of your home or just kind of the practical logistics. It might not be possible. And that's okay. Just make sure it's not like a major thing you first see and the main object of all the attention in the room, if possible. For us, I have found that I love having the TV upstairs. I enjoy TV and I have a tendency to want it on more than necessary, like more than really needs to be on. So with it upstairs, I can't do that. It kind of just solves the problem for me. But I realize you, again, you may or may not have that option. So just do whatever might help or work for you in that respect. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you said, it isn't always possible, either physically or financially, to pull off an elaborate TV concealing plan. Yeah. But don't let that limit you. Um, In our house, our TV is in the family room. And this is the room with the fireplace and probably the room that we've spent the most time in. And my strategy has been to choose a different focal point for the room rather than having everything, all the furniture pointed at the TV. I tried to point the furniture at each other and at the fireplace to encourage conversations. Uh, Our TV is hard to miss in its little corner because it weighs like 100 pounds (laughs) and is shaped like a U-Haul box. Um, But it was a free hand-me-down when we first got married. So I am not complaining. But you can still see it from the couch, but it's not the main attraction of the room. Yeah, I agree. I've been to your house many times and I love that because it's just there, but it's not like this big thing that you've, like you said, arranging all the furniture to point to it. We're not worshiping at the feet of the television. Exactly. (laughs) Number two, comfortable textures and rounded edges. Linens, chunky knit throw blankets, soft couches, touchable fabrics all help contribute to the feeling of cozy. You don't want too much glass or metal or hard surfaces. Think options for guests too, like 
blankets of different textures, various styles and sizes. I love faux fur blankets, but I'm getting ahead of myself a bit there. <laughs> um, a place to put feet up and relax. Now, when I was single, my coffee table and end tables had a lot of glass, and while they were beautiful at the time, they were not as conducive to cozy. And now that I have kids, I realize they would not be as safe either. <laughs> you know? Your like, perspective has changed. Perspective has changed and priorities. So yeah, I'm a f- also a fan of older furniture as accent pieces like distressed furniture when you don't you just don't even worry about it or stress about it and like our coffee table is distressed and it's so great because I just spilled on it yeah exactly. and it was okay <laughs> and it's totally fine it doesn't even bother me it doesn't even I don't even give it a second thought and then there's the great throw pillow debate like how many is too many if you ask my husband I think we have too many um, <laughs> he would say we have too many um, they tend to wander about but the kids enjoy having extra ammunition for pillow fights and forts I actually just finished making new pillow covers for our pillows and I was shooting for a cream white gray colors scheme with texture and pom-poms. Ooh, I can't wait to see those. Yeah, I tend to err on the side of too many. And then I just tell people, oh, you're welcome to take some of these pillows off. <laughs> but I pared down on this one couch. Now there's just two and that's kind of nice and simple. But it's it's literally just whatever you like and whatever you prefer, you know, all to add to that cozy element. Number three, consider lighting and windows. Now, if you like layers for windows like blinds and drapes or curtains, just make sure you can adjust throughout the seasons for more or less light. We like having plenty of light in our home so we just kind of have some beautiful white wooden blinds that we just open all the time to let as much natural light in as possible but then we can have the option of privacy as it gets dark at night window coverings can add beauty and warmth to your space so use them accordingly and lastly number four is test the comfort of furniture first I'm sure we all have stories of this where you like see something beautiful, you go ahead and purchase it, you bring it home and you're like, I didn't even try this out. It's not very comfortable. Mm -hmm. So something may look cool, like a bench or a chair that fits your design aesthetic, but then you sit down, like I said, you get it home and you're like disappointed. I actually have this wooden bench that I love, but I've added some pillows and a blanket to make it a little more cozy. So yeah, sometimes you can just add like this or sometimes it's not possible. The piece is just too uncomfortable. So I'd encourage you to get furniture that you just can't wait to sit in at the end of the day or have your guests sit in. That would be that'll be the best criteria here. (laughs) Now moving on to a segment we like to call my favorite things and it comes as no surprise during this episode that one of my favorite things is faux fur blankets. You've been waiting on pins and needles this whole time to talk about these. (laughs) I have. I know. I could hardly keep it in. I saw these everywhere in Europe earlier this year and I absolutely fell in love with them. First of all, it's practical to have a warm furry blanket to snuggle under as the winter months approach and secondly, they can be incredibly stylish and add a cozy yet sophisticated vibe to your space. Now in Europe, especially Switzerland, I saw these blankets draped over the bistro chairs and benches outside. Fur? Really? Outside? Yeah, it it was like the restaurant owners were cheerfully assuming you as the guest or customer would just of course love to sit outside, even in the cold, because of the glorious fresh air and the cozy blanket to keep you warm. And I love this assumption that weather doesn't stop us from being outside. You just need the right gear, the right warm layers and blankets, and you're good to go. No excuses. I also saw many mamas pushing their babies in strollers equipped with plenty of warm clothes and cozies so the babies were taken care of, going for daily walks in the snow like in the snow. My mom tells me stories from when I was a baby and we lived in Canada of bundling us both up and getting fresh air almost every day. So through the frigid winters in Alberta. So it can be done. And in fact, I think we as humans are better for it. So you need a faux fur blanket in your life. That's my conclusion. (laughs) I do like soft things. Um, And I used a fake fur print for two of the pillow covers that, uh, that I made just recently. Oh, cool. And the kids promptly glommed onto them. 
Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, this time of year, we haven't had quite hit the snow. That usually shows up in January or February. But I've really enjoyed the rain. So one of my favorite things is is the rain. It kind of sounds funny to say it out loud, but I really do enjoy it. And I especially love to hear the sound of the rain on the roof in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I really enjoy is fresh flowers. Um, my man's never really been a flower person. I just don't think it's on his radar, um, which is okay. It's I'm not, but it was only about six months ago that I realized that I could just buy flowers for myself. Yeah. And here's my secret. Okay. So Trader Joe's has great prices on their flowers. Every couple of weeks, I'll enjoy getting one of their small bouquets and they're really only three to five dollars. They're seasonal flowers. Um, it's just enough for a small vase on the table. I don't break the bank and it makes the table seem so much more homey. That is a great idea. I have done that before with actually, I think it is Trader Joe's that I've Mm -hmm. done it with too. I love them because they're so beautiful. Like you said, they're affordable and it warms up the space so much. Let's move on to our next segment, which is a listener question. And this is a good question. Very thought provoking. Very points to whoever said this. Yes. (laughs) This will be an anonymous one. I don't think this person wants her name to be revealed, so that's fine. Um, This was just a powerful question. So how do you deal with criticism from people about your parenting style? Now, this could be strangers or family and friends. Wow, such a good question. Okay, for me, I would say to do a few simple things when facing criticism. It will kind of depend on the scenario, but let's just take two common scenarios and then we'll address each one. Number one, let's say it's a total stranger. You know, you know it. You've been at the grocery store. A well-meaning stranger says something like, looks like you've got your hands full or looks like he's having a rough day. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? When my kids were young, I remember this or that or whatever. And sometimes, heaven forbid, the stranger says something downright mean or harshly critical. Those comments kind of sting worse, don't they? Yeah, I, I really think they do. So here's what to keep in mind. First of all, just context. Do you know the person? Nope. Do they know you? No. Do they know your kids? No. Do they have a right to speak helpful counsel into your life? Like, have they been invited in to mentor and help you along? No and no. So, yeah, you can just go ahead and let that stinging comment go. You don't have to let it stick to you. Negative and critical comments from total strangers can really bring you down if you let them. And then, unfortunately, they can wreak havoc on your confidence and calmness as a mama. So I say, nope, don't let that poison into your heart or your mind. Okay, situation number two, family or friend. Now, this scenario is more layered and more complicated and challenging, but do not fear. Let's explore some ideas. So first of all, again, ask yourself the same questions as in scenario one. I hope this is helpful, you know? Mm -hmm. Clear differences are, yes, you know this person and they know you and your kids, most likely. But let's continue on. Are they someone you admire and look to for mentoring and advice and help in parenting? And that answer could be a huge no, but it could also be a yes. Exactly. So it's context here. Have you invited them into the process of parenting your kids? (laughs) (laughs) That's where this gets tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so sometimes well-meaning people inadvertently insert themselves into the picture when you weren't expecting it, or they heavily criticize you publicly or behind your back. And I personally feel like either way is super hurtful. If you know deep down in your heart that you're doing what you believe is right, you have two main options. You can either kind of reject the information and the help, and you can do this graciously, like, thank you for sharing that. I'll consider it, similar to what Dr. Henry Cloud in the Boundaries book that we've talked Mm -hmm. about before on this show, what he says. Or you can take the advice, if you truly think it's wise and coming from a place of concern, 
and help, not an unhealthy kind of controlling motivation or influence on their part that you don't really want to let into your family. To sum up, I think we live in a very freely critical culture. I think social media and the incessant surveys and feedback in business really plays into this. Just think about it with me. We are constantly allowed these huge windows into people's everyday life and choices, giving more intimate details than previous generations through social media, which opens us up to tons of criticism because often there's just less Mm -hmm. context. People see a picture, they make a thousand assumptions that may or may not be true. And then at every restaurant or website or business, they're asking, how are we doing? You know, what can Mm -hmm. we do better? How was your experience? What did you think? So people are used to rating and reviewing everything. And this rating, reviewing, and criticizing has massive consequences for us as mamas. I don't think it's ever been so prevalent as right now. The suspicious looks, the thoughts, the strong opinions, and the criticism. Oh, you didn't nurse your baby? Oh, you nursed till how old? Oh, you didn't use this kind of diaper? Oh, your child can't do XYZ yet? Or isn't it a little early yeah. to learn these things? You know, like, Sometimes oh. it feels like you can't really make any parenting decisions without facing some kind of criticism. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's exhausting. So let's take a deep breath and ask some of these important questions when facing criticism and just know that we as the parents are responsible, ultimately responsible for how we raise our children. The person in the grocery store or even a random, you know, relative or close friend is not tasked with raising your little ones. You are. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'd like to add here is to let any perceived criticism go. Let it go. Yeah. Cue the music. Yeah. We all know that song. <laughs> yes. Let it go after you have decided how to take it. Mm-hmm. The stranger in the grocery store may have meant well, but they just had a really poor delivery. I try to assume that they had the best intentions. And if you can't do that, choose to look over the offense and don't let it ruin your day. I don't tend to forget hurtful things, but it's a waste of my time to turn it over and over in my mind to rehash it to my husband and then tell five friends about it. The only person that I'm hurting is myself with the frustration that it generates as I relive the situation. Exactly. Also, recognize the difference between helpful encouragement and advice from those who really love you versus negative kind of nitpicking for the sake of making themselves feel superior or for the sake of putting you down. There Mm -hmm. is a big difference. So I really, I really hope this helps. I feel like walking around in a field with kind of landmines when you talk about this, it's very delicate. It's very tricky to navigate criticism from others. Mm -hmm. But I hope this helps our listener. And I I really feel like this topic could probably take an entire episode (laughs) in the future. Maybe we will. We'll put a pin in it. (laughs) Yes, we will probably revisit this in the future. So now on to a happier topic, which is our bumblebee moment. So I have one really quick, um, and then Christine, I know you have one. So recently we were at this women's event at church. I got to speak for a few moments. It was wonderful. And as I'm heading out the door, I was kind of telling my kids what I was going to be doing. And my oldest daughter was like, oh, it's, it's a women's event, right? Okay, what is that? She's kind of processing in her mind, oh, it's only girls type of thing. So she's like, oh, okay. And she's asking me some questions. And then she kind of concludes, she's like, oh, so you just need a break from the boys. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, um, yes, that's one way of looking at it, I guess. But no, it was so good. That side note, that event was amazing. It was just like women in your life that are uplifting and positive. It's just so important for us to keep that um, influence in our lives and do events like this. But it was so cute how she said that, like, we really need a break from the boys. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes you do. (laughs) So cute. So cute. On a completely different note, um, the other day, my boy told me that he was going to brush his hair so that, quote, he didn't get any hair ants. And I was like, oh, no. 
head lice? <laughs> he's like, oh, yes, yes. I don't want any head lice. I was like, like shivering up my spine. I'm like, let me check your head really quick. Um, and he, he was fine. He didn't have head lice, but that's like one of my fears that when, one day they're going to come home from school with hair ants. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. And on that note, now I'm getting a little bit itchy <laughs> thinking about that. Oh, but on that funny note, um, we are wrapping up this episode. So next week, we are going to dive into the personal care kind of big rock. And if you don't remember what big rocks are, it's just that foundational kind of priority in our lives, something that's important to remember. So we chat with my friend, Osti. She is amazing. And I can't wait for you to hear her perspective on all of this. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com. Send a little Facebook message or leave a voicemail. Just call 1-401-371-MAMA. That's 1-401-371-6262. And as always, let's notice the funny moments with our kids this week. Use the hashtag BungleBeeMoment if you would like to show us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week and please tell a friend or family member if you like this podcast so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Also, if you love the show, click subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. Come visit my website, sundayafternoonmama.com and check out our Instagram account for this podcast. It's at sundayafternoonmama, all lowercase. And there'll be some fun Instagram stories for bonus content. I'll be back with you again next week. In the meantime, I am seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.